Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Pew Time with Tony. And Jackie. What a beautiful week. Gorgeous weather. Perfect outdoor shooting weather. It is. It is. Again, I apologize guys for the episode getting out late. Uh, super technical difficulties, but I think I have everything all sorted out now. Hopefully. Finally. <laughs> after almost destroying things. Yeah, don't don't destroy things. <laughs> It was very oh, aggravating, gosh. yeah. No, not a, not a good thing. Uh, I think I got it figured out. I think it's all good. So, we're set. Shall we jump into the gun news? Yes. Okay. There's actually quite a bit. There is. Uh, so, Ruger announced the Marlin 336 Classic in 3030, which, for those of you who don't know, Ruger acquired Marlin. And the last three to four guns that they've put out since their ownership... Have all been 4570s, so finally, yay! A non 4570 lever action coming out from Marlin. Uh, walnut stock, blued with a gold colored trigger, very classic look to it. Very 336 classic looking. Very 336 classic looking, yeah. yes. So, uh, cool. I'm, I'm all for it, especially not in a 4570. However, uh, did they also say that, hey, you know what? We've also talked to other ammo manufacturers, and we thought it'd be a great idea if we also started making 3030 again. Right. Because I can't remember the last time I saw a box of 3030. It's been a very long time. I think in total, since 2020 started, the shop that I work at has gotten like two shipments on 3030, and it was like a half case each time. So like ten, five to ten boxes each shipment. Yeah. I mean, that's... In like, the last two and a half, three years. I mean, it's crazy to think about that we live in a world where... You can walk in and probably find five seven more than you can find thirty thirty. Right, not the times have changed. Very very. Wonder any of you guys that live out west message me. I'd love to know if where that caliber is a little more prevalent, if it's actually more available for you guys. Because by us in like the Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin area, I don't see it at all. Yeah, never see it. Be interesting to see if it actually out west. Is affected that way. Yeah. Uh, also, a new thing by Ruger. Not as exciting, but new. Uh, their ready dot sight. Not red dot oh. sight. It is a... Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about this. Ready dot sight. So, it is a... First off, let's start here. It is a polymer bodied red dot. So, already off to a banging start. Banging. Let's see if I can find what it is. Oh, it is designed specifically to co-witness with the Ruger Max 9 pistol. Interesting. I don't think this is like as good of a seller as they thought it was, Mm -hmm. which is a shame. It's the only gun that I've ever had people tell me is snappier than a Hellcat. I wouldn't put it as snappier. Honestly, on all the micro-compact 9s, I feel like the Hellcat, if the Hellcat was a 10, the Ruger would be like a 9, 9.5. Like, it's right up there with it, but I, I mean, personally, I don't think it's more snappy than a Hellcat. Hmm. Okay. But very, I still haven't shot but an X9. I would say close. Oh. They're not, the triggers right. are bad. So, it is an RMSC footprint dot, and it is waterproof. Well, it has to be. Why? Because it's battery-less. Battery, battery, battery 
It doesn't it have a battery. It lacks a battery. Yes, it lacks a battery. <laughs> and you're probably thinking, hey guys, that means it's like that new Holosun SCS stuff where it's just solar charging. You would be wrong. Very okay. wrong. So it is, let's see, it utilizes light gathering properties of fiber optics. So it's self-adjusting for brightness and never needs a battery. Yes. So basically, it is like an ACOG. So if you've never messed with an ACOG dot, that's Trejicon's most popular best-selling optic probably ever. Rifle optic, it's got like a standard tube, and then you see a clear tube on top, and it's got a fiber optic rod in it. Mm-hmm. Gathers ambient light, lights up the reticle. You know, it's it's a very old system. Mm-hmm. It works on that dot. It's very rugged. See, most there's an argument of whether or not that the ACOG is now a dot out of time. But this is the part with this one that the ready dot that bothers me. It is a fixed, non-adjustable sight. What? Which? What? That's what blows my mind. Like, if you take it off, like a normal red dot that has like bottom battery installation, you take it off to just change the battery, put it back on. You're probably going to have to re-zero it. Yeah, there's a chance that you will. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, the only thing that I'm getting vibes of now, it's like, did you ever have like a squirt gun or a Nerf gun as a kid? And before all the fancy new ones, like back when we were kids. We had to make our own accessories. Like, I had a, you know, a, a paper towel tube suppressor. And I also had a toilet paper tube scope that I would cut rubber bands with and tape crosshairs with. That's As my aiming device. <laughs> That's what this is. That's funny. It's not adjustable. Right. I, and, and, all right, comes in one dot size. One. What is and a it? very, very, very manageable, normal 15 MOA. That's insane. So, for those of you that don't know, MOA stands for minute of angle. And it's a unit of measurement based at 100 yards, what one inch is. Or what's covered. So, if a dot is one MOA, if you're looking at a target that's 100 yards away, it's covering one inch of the target. If you have a 5-MOA Trijicon SRO, when you sight in on a target at 100 yards, if you're looking at a USPSA target, it's covering 5 inches of the A-zone. Now, if you have this ready dot on your Max 9 pistol, and you point it at a USPSA target at 100 yards... You're covering the entire A-zone. You're co- well, oh, almost, more. almost the entire A-zone. Like, top, you're covering, top, top to width bottom. Width-wise, you're covering more. Oh, yeah, width-wise, covering more than more than the A-zone. Yes. Yeah. Then the body A-zone. Right. What? <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> I, I'm not a big fan of wherever this came from, but it eliminating features that are unnecessary for accurate close-range pistol shooting. Make this the most rugged and reliable waterproof shock resistant pistol optic. I have a feeling that this is going to have to be changed as soon as someone does a drop test on it. 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm counting on that. And uh, I definitely think that we should buy one because uh, hint hint of a future video that'll come out. Uh, so far on the optics I've drop tested, well actually you drop tested it. Yeah, we've uh, only ever drop tested one. Yeah, you're <laughs> one for one on optics that haven't survived. Right. So uh, let's uh, let's see if this one survives. It can't be that expensive. Right. How much is it? Uh, ninety nine ninety five. Yeah, it's hundred bucks. What's their warranty? Because I'm gonna want I'm it not, replaced. I couldn't find anything on the warranty on it on their on their product site. Yeah. Now I wonder if they had to have to do a 15 MOA dot because that's the only way that you'd ve be able to visibly see it. Right. Like it has to. It's pulling fiber optic energy, right? Fiber, low light from the fiber optic as opposed to a powered power yeah. source. Um, so maybe it has to be that large to be visible. I mean, there are there is an RMR that has this style that works kind of this way. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a very good that, selling like, one. plastic sheet looking thing over the top. Yeah, it's got like the yeah. little translucent piece mm -hmm. on top. Yeah. Same thing. Also not a fan. <laughs> Most people aren't. Well, Everyone thought it was a good idea because they're like, oh, my no battery, battery runs out. I've got a backup. Right. Not really. You can just get a hollow sun. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I'm okay breaking it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Huge fan. Drop all the things. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. So, in the marketing, that doesn't make sense, right? So, it's self-adjusting for brightness, never needs a battery. And then down here, it says... Light gathering fiber optic. Battery not required. Can I use one? Is there <laughs> space for one? It doesn't look like there's space there's not. for one. There's not. Yeah. And they wouldn't be able to advertise waterproof. Looking at the design at the top, it would have to be a bottom loading one. And I I don't know how they would have a bottom loaded be considered waterproof. I don't know. We've been having some really good releases this year so far with gun stuff. This ain't one of them. Uh, there is a, a hopeful one, right? Uh, there is, yeah. Uh, Staccato is hinting that in about three days, or coincidentally, at the start of NRA annual meetings, they're going to be dropping something new. And I'm assuming a pistol. Because a few weeks ago, they shared... An elusive video of very dark shades of something. Got any guesses on what it is? Um, I know that they just came out with their CS, which is like their little carry size gun. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're going to come out with like a micro compact nine style, like a like a Kimber micro nine size, like something small but still mini nineteen eleven ish. I don't think they're going to go back to a nineteen eleven. I think they're only going to make bubble stacks. Or, you know, the a, a very sub-compact 9 or micro-compact 9 size. That would be the CS. Smaller. I don't know if you could go smaller. Well, look at the micro-9. If you made that in a double stack. Yeah, I, I guess, but it still doesn't have, like, the properties. I mean, I guess it... Maybe. I think they're going to do a carry... 19 compact version of an XC. 
That would be cool. A, a lot of people, I think, have been asking for it. And uh, there was a guy making a conversion for the original Staccato P when it came out because the original Staccato P's had a full dust cover. So he would take them, chop them, and make a mini XC out of them. Mm -hmm. I think that's what they're going to do. That would be cool. That would be way cooler than what I was thinking. I think I only have it in my brain that that's what's coming out because bunches of companies are finally now catching up to the game. Like we talked about H&K finally doing their Micro Compact 9. Right. Um, the next thing on our list here, the FN Micro Compact 9. They're going to be uh, coming out with that, or they're introducing it now. So it's calling their new FN Reflex and the Reflex MRD. I imagine the MRD is going to be just like the same features of like yeah, the, the MRD 5.7 is their MRD. Mini red dot. So I'm, I was really confused with the name, because when you originally texted and told me that, we had just looked at the Ruby Red Dot. I'm like, really? FN's coming out with a Red Dot? And that's how the email looked, too. I'm like, oh my god, please don't. Please no. <laughs> no I more. I was very confused. Yeah. I, w I was looking at the same thing. I actually had to, like, I read, like, the full email out, and I'm like, oh, that's not so bad. So when you, if you're on their email list and you get their email about new products and things like that, you'll get to see how absolutely ridiculous they're getting with their marketing. <laughs> like, far-reaching. Uh, so, fill you in first on the pistol. Well, they've always been top of their, their marketing. Please. I've said it on here before. If you ever get a chance, call FN Switchboard. It is the best thing in the world. It rings two, three times. Thank you for calling FN, the world's most battle-proven firearms. It's... It's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, nothing shy of extravagant. Yeah. Uh, so it has an 11-round capacity with a little pinky lip. You also get a 15-round capacity mag with it, which sticks out at the bottom, just like all of their other ones. You get the FO9, FN509 Compact. FO9. FO9. <laughs> uh, 509 Compact, and you can get, like, the 12 and the 15s and all that shit with them where they stick out the bottom. So with this little reflex, you get... A 15 and an 11 round magazine included. It's about reaching the next level. When you're ready to step up, be FN ready. The very next picture underneath that says 26 plus 1 9mm micro compact with a 1 inch slide and two double stack magazines. The FN reflex puts 27 rounds at the ready in a package that disappears undercover. So, this gigantic picture in the center of their email says 26 plus 1 9mm microcompact with the small mag in it <laughs> is the picture. Then you have to go, oh yeah, the picture I just looked at is a 15 and an 11 round mag. 15 plus 11 is 26. So they're saying you have 26 rounds readily available with the two mags together. That is not what it looks like when you're reading through and you see a 26 plus 1 microcompact because that's exactly what the picture says. Well, I'm going to make that our uh, one of the photos in the uh, thing just because, you know, good marketing. It's hilarious. <laughs> It's about how you say it. You can't say it's be FN ready. Be FN ready? Be FN ready. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the guy that did that in the marketing room was patted on the back on his way out to the door to get his second cup of coffee and free donut. Right. <laughs> it's in the name. You guys have never seen this. It's been right below your nose. We can make everything. That's our slogan. Be FN ready. Right. I do wonder Did if you see these the are... little Wolf of Wall Street meetings in FN. Yeah. What are we? The world's most battle-proven firearms. 
who are we? Afton ready. <laughs> just, <laughs> I. <laughs> cool. I'm excited to see it come out. You know, um, the only one really now that we're waiting on for a true proper micro compact nine is Suzy. Because they got their little, what, 5, M. five, five 10 M or P10M and FN's little micro compact nine pre before this, before this one, they're 503, which is a little single stack guy, just like the CZP10M. Stands for Mighty Dumb. <laughs> so, uh, uh, speaking of Mighty Dumb, someone smartened up over at Kimber. Right. <laughs> has decided that uh, no one has ever liked the Evo. Uh, if you're like, Evo, how, I've never heard of that. It's been out for like six years. I was like that. Jackie's like, hey, Kimber's stopping uh, production on the Evo. I'm like, what the hell is a Kimber Evo? She's like, well, you know, that little micro nine. I'm like, No. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I thought that was the Mako. She goes, no, 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 no. That was a different one. (laughs) They had several, I would say, flops. Um, If you go back like eight, nine years, uh, they came out with their Kimber Solo, which was their attempt at a metal framed striker fire pistol. A little bit bigger than the Micro 9 right now. Um, yeah, that thing was stupid. It was an absolute catastrophe. <laughs> uh, I We sent back more of them than we had happy customers leaving the store with. It was that bad. Uh, so we stopped stocking them probably about two years before they pulled them from their line. After they pulled them from their line, it took about another year and a half to two years, apparently, of R&D. And they said, oh, no, no, we have all this shit left over from this gun that we're not making anymore, so let's redo some stuff inside so it actually works, and we're going to call this the Evo SP. And there it is born. So, Evo Striker Pistol. Mm. Like an evolved version of the Solo Evo. Mm-hmm. Is it what I can only gather that they came up with after the Solo flop? So, you, it says, don't miss your chance. May 22nd, 2003, Kimber will cease production of the Evo SP. Tell me that's not the worst marketing thing in the world. Right. Buy this gun. We're not making it anymore, but buy this gun. Right. Exactly. Um, They're still advertising it as Kimber's premium concealed carry striker fire pistol. So look. Final run. Look at the trigger. Look at the trigger. Tell me they didn't borrow that trigger from Ruger from the Max 9. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Although this has been out a lot longer than the Max 9. But it has not been out longer than the LC9S. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And those are the same triggers. That's true. So, yeah. It, uh, it has a, a very long, very pronounced, lengthy swoop of a trigger um, with the trigger finger, trigger finger sing, the safety dingus, like how a Glock has, just a, a, a different yeah, the design marketing, of the Yeah, the cut. marketing one in this one had to have been, all right, this guy, I got it done. Boss looks at it. You're fired. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah. And then they still print it. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they call it their leaf safety. Yeah. Leaf it alone. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, metal construction, subcompact size, and relentless reliability. That's a gun I can honestly say, not, I, I, I know quite a bit of guns. It takes a lot for me to go, I don't really remember that gun. Right. I don't think I know a person that owns that gun. Yeah. I, I don't mean, think I've ever had a person ask me about that gun. So I've not had one of those in our shop since pre-pandemic. Um, and even then, they were few and far between and only ordered on special order. Hmm. Because we're, you know, we're a Kimber Master Dealer, so not all gun shops will hold Kimbers. Right. Uh, so you have to be a Master Dealer. Uh, you have to be a Kimber Dealer or a Master Dealer to stock Kimbers, unless they, you happen to find some pre-owned. And I have seen pre-owned ones come in. Well, there are other ways why. to get it. You just don't get it for as good of a price. Yeah. Master Dealers order directly from Kimber. So, <clears throat> I've had enough Kimber talk. Same. CZ has released a pistol configurator on their website. Now, this is kind of cool. I, I, I find it very interesting that more and more companies are offering this. Obviously, you have Stealth Arms, CZ... Wilson Combat. Wilson. And I'm missing one. It just escaped Sig. me. Yeah, Sig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is horrible. That one is atrocious. I've messed around on it a little bit. Um, not too much. And it's been a really long time since I've messed around on it. So it's yeah, so they've probably released 50 other models since then. Yeah. All the same. Right. Just different colors. <laughs> this, so this one is for the P10 series. The TS2 and the Shadow 2. And it's not crazy involved. You can change the mag release, slide stop, back plate, uh, trigger, base pads. Sights. The sights. And you can change the color of some of them. You can do red dot ready or not. So it's okay. Uh, I can add a magwell if on some of them, like I know you can on the Shadows. What's interesting, and I would love to talk to someone, I do know someone that ordered a Shadow 2 that they're doing for limited optics, Magwell, different colors, all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. I would like to talk to the dealer it's getting transferred to because in our industry, it takes more than two to tango. You can't just sell a gun to someone, right? It needs to go to a store to be transferred, paperwork, background check. Mm -hmm. So... Are they giving dealers, do they have a program set up where, you know, dealers make this much money on it? Are they just getting a transfer fee? Because most dealers would not be happy with that. Right. So what is the end, you know, goal with that? Yeah. Yeah, I do wonder. I haven't, uh, I haven't personally messed around on it at all myself or had, you know, customers come in and request a firearm from the configurator to have you know, done any dealing with them at all. Well, that's the thing. Even if it came into you, what are you supposed to do? Like, they order it, they buy it. Right. So, I haven't done the process, but it's interesting. I, I do like that companies want to help people get the gun they want the first go-around. But on the flip side, again, the dealer side, right, is it beneficial for the dealer? Right. Speaking of SIG... All the news right now circling with more of these guns uh, exploding. Going off out of battery and... Well, so that's the thing, right? So our buddy Riley did a video on it showing that that particular 
case, the guy with the brass grips on his AXG frame max, mm-hmm. that one was not an auto battery. And Riley did a great video showing that. Uh, I've witnessed yours yeah. go off auto battery for sure. Yeah, mine was definitely an auto battery. I mean, it literally made the back of my shell into a mushroom top, mushroom cap. So, but now, so people can argue with that, like, oh, the supported barrel, stuff like that, which for the SIG is a, I think it's kind of a design flaw that could have done better with the barrel design, but it, it's a flip side, right? I've seen you put a ton of rounds through SIGs. How I've put a ton of rounds through SIGs. I've never had one blow up, yeah. but I do know friends that have, you know, it, it's very interesting and I was very skeptical of it. I know not saying you're a SIG fangirl, but you do enjoy your guns. Mm-hmm. It's weird for me because it puts me in a weird spot. Like I'm, I'm getting more and more concerned because now there's uh, documented problems with the M17 and M18s. Mm-hmm. There's police departments literally suing SIG for issues. Multiple police departments, and you can't tell me. Granted, the one he did a video on was not out of battery. Think of how many we've heard. Yeah, there's an awful lot. can't tell me all of those biggest coincidence in the world. Oh, every single one of them is a double charger. Every single one of them is this. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. So Something I, seems off. I do feel like, you know, some of them are, are out of battery detonation. And some of them are could be double charged. What... I mean, our, so we, we load our ammo pretty spicy. And when I was shooting my open one, I know I was having, you know, issues with how spicy I needed to actually run to meet power factor for major with a round that was not actually designed to meet major power yeah, factor. Yeah, but that was, just a, that was just a design and the bullet. We were just pushing it too fast. Right. So I, I do feel like what happened with Black Betty, with her out of out of battery detonation, I feel it was completely my fault. Like, I'm, as the loader of the ammo, I feel like I don't that think it was the ammo me. part, though. Like, I, I think, like, what we talked about, I think it had to deal with, like, the weight of the slide, the recoil spring weight. I just think it didn't match up. But all Some, the ones that I've was seen... Off with me making the load and having to readjust everything else in the gun but to accommodate like, that load. I think one of three or four open 320s ever. Right. These are regular carry optics guns, carry guns... And some of these guys are even admitting, like, you know there's not reloads in the cops' guns. Right. So. Well, I mean, look at look at tons of other factory rounds that have had double charges. I had a Smith & Wesson revolver blow up and cracked his cylinder into three pieces. Well, that's on a 686. beauty about us using uh, tight group. Can't really double charge tight group. Right. You can you can visually see if it's been double charged. Yeah, it'll it'll make a crunch when you try and put the bullet down. Right. It'll spill over, look like a bad mess. Yeah. I, I'm just a little concerned and this is I'm starting to get a little more and more pissed at SIG because they've become much larger than they were. Mm-hmm. And I still think they, they still make good products, but for the last three guns they've come out with, not including the spear, um, the 320 had this, and to me this is erroneous. 
their volunteer upgrade, mm -hmm. it's a recall, motherfucker. Right. It's a recall. The drop safety recall. Okay. And what, you know, another thing that they didn't really talk about, but you can find if you dig enough, is when those guns were sent back for the volunteer upgrade, or voluntary upgrade, not volunteer, voluntary upgrade, uh, if you had an X5 and you had a silver barrel, it magically came back with a black barrel. That was really not talked about when it happened. Mm -hmm. It was just done. I think it's bullshit that they call it that. They make it sound better than it is. So they had that problem. 365s when they first came out. They were having issues with the trigger bar snapping. Yes. The SIG Cross when they came out. Having issues with those. So SIG, it's not like, it's not unthinkable when SIG in the past decade has a track record for, well, lack of a better term, making their end user the beta tester. Right. And I'm not okay with that. Just like I'm not okay with Tesla doing their beta testing uh, self-driving on cars that are on public roads. Right. <laughs> like, that's not okay. So, that's, I don't know. I would like to see more documents from some of the military guns that have gone uh, through this. I would like to see some of the court case documents from police departments and kind of get more of an idea of what's going on. Because right. something, there's way too many for it to happen to. Right. And, like, I know guys that, I mean, that's their competition gun, and they have tens of thousands, and it's never happened to. Mm -hmm. And then I know guys that, you know, I uh, shoot a few times a year, and then this one, boom, and they don't reload. Right. So, it, something's not sitting right, so I have to do a little more digging when I have time. Or if you guys find it, please send it to me. You can send it uh, Podcast at gmail.com or at Laugh and Load on Facebook or Instagram. If you find anything, I'd love to see it. Yes. Give me a break from editing videos and look at stuff. and. You're going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be like 57 <laughs> unread DMs on Instagram. And every one of them is going to be sending you Ben Steger's post. Probably. <laughs> We've already seen it. Please don't send that one again. Right. So, another gun that's coming out that is kind of exciting, I showed it to you and you were like, what the hell is this? Right. Is the Gerson MC-14T. So, I'll break it down for you and you'll kind of see where the name came from. Which, so, MC, I learned on their pistols, MC is the initials of the owner of Gerson. Okay. Interesting fact. I mean... Subtle flex, but okay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, you know, the model number. Right. So here's the breakdown of the gun. You'll start to piece together the rest of the name. It's a 380. It is ambi safety, four and a half inch barrel, 13 plus round, 13 plus one capacity. The 14. Yes. Okay. Weighs just under one and a half pounds and is a tip up barrel. Ah, the T. The T. The T is for the tip, just the, the tip. The tip, just the tip. Up, barrel. Tip, up, up. Up. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a, you know, traditionally, you know, your tip-up barrels are your little vest pocket pistols. 
and they're a, a little bobcats, one point eight two inch barrel max. If it's the little bobcat with the threaded barrel on yeah, it, love it. Um, I really wanted to get one of those. I still want to get one. Eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a four and a half inch barrel with a tip up. Mm -hmm. So it's like seventy five percent of the front lifts up, <laughs> which is the the picture looks like you're like. Wow, is that? I see where the design came from, but I've never seen one that big before. <laughs> Bunch. Nothing. 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 Can't play a long worth of shit. Nothing. Well, that's what I said. <laughs> that's what so. she said then. <laughs> uh, it's cool, right? It's it's different. I mean, I, I suppose there's a market somewhere where someone wants a bigger 380 with more capacity and has a hard time wrapping the slide. So, side profile without the tip-up looks just like a Beretta Cheetah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gerson made a gun that looks like a Beretta. No Shocking. shit. <laughs> so, the Cheetah, if you've never wrapped a Cheetah, it's not impossible. Right. Um, and for most people, it's not, I'm going to say, difficult. Right. Uh, there are quite a few people that, when handed the cheetah, have a very hard time wrapping that slide. Sure. So if this slide is built in the same fashion of the cheetah, which it looks just like, but has that tip-up barrel, I can see that being very helpful. Sure. The the downsides, the tip-ups, and you, you've seen it uh, reloading. Right. Oh my god, that would that's the one thing that steered me away from ever buying a tip up is having to either wrap that very, very tight slide to reload or having to drop the empty, put the new one in, push the lever forward, drop the round in, and then crunch that tip up back down into place. Yeah. And the other downside is uh God forbid you ever have a malfunction. Right. It becomes a little more difficult, right. especially if you can't rack the slide to clear it. Right. Yeah. Could potentially be big problems. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a great shooter. I mean, I haven't shot a cheetah in probably 15 years, but they shot nice. Yeah. High capacity. To me... Shit's on have, the Burst of Thunder Plus, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that's what? 12 Thir rounds? 13 plus 1. Is it? Yeah. So, and those are fairly easy to rack. And the Burst mm -hmm. is not a bad gun. For what it is and the price, it's not bad. What it to me, what it shits on is when you have guns like uh, the nine or the three eighty EZ, where they only hold nine eight. or eight. Yeah, eight plus one. That's that gun is huge. Yeah. You know, I understand you want to make it a thinner profile, but well, the whole thing with the Easy was that they wanted the mags to be easy to load, so they wanted that easy load tab. So when you look on the inside of the mag wall. You can actually see it's built for a single stack mag, but actually has openings wide enough to fit those fins in for load the loading tabs, and that's why it's as wide as it is, is to accommodate those loading tabs on the magazine. Way better job with the Equinox, Smith and Wesson. Yeah. The equalizer. Equalizer. Equinox. Fucking Kimber. <laughs> that wasn't a Kimber, was it? Kim yeah, Kimber Equinox. So oh, they're they're two tone. Oh, what is the SIG? What did Kimber call their two-tone? It looked just like the Equinox. 
I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah. Like a black chrome almost. Yeah. Yeah, black and chrome. Eclipse. Yes. Stupid. EQU (laughs) bullshit. Equinox Eclipse. So back to the MC14. The MSRP on it starts at 498 and goes up to 699. Now that's quite an array. And I'll explain to you why it goes up that way. You can get a black one, an FDE in black, a black and silver, two-tone. Those are all going to be around the five, five-ish rings. Then you can get a gloss black with gold accents. Or you can get a pink and black, or as they call it, sangria. And for six ninety nine, you can get the all-gold plated. Uh, I imagine if you were to ever get one, I can pretty much put money on which one you'd be getting. I mean... I mean, I'll be putting money on it anyways. I foresee <laughs> that gold one being in some mobster movie. Oh, for sure. Like, hey, that gun wasn't even out then. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's, and there's going to be like a, a, a save the day, one round left, you don't have any mags, and you get this right. tip-up barrel, you're just like, pop, and you take that one last yeah. shot to save the day. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, it's going to be just... One of those cool oddball guns, and ah, we're going to put this in, like, John Wick 7. John Wick 7. <laughs> and, you know, it's going to be one of the assassins, but he's got a tip-up barrel because he's only got one arm. <laughs> this, this is how he loads. Right. And this is how he kills people. Taryn's going to do, like, a combat master tip-up. Oh, my God. I hope not. <laughs> but I can see it. Sure. this should... I, I see the... Um, Do a little porting the, on it? If the John Wick series continues, I see it getting as ridiculous. And it's already getting ridiculous. Like the action scenes and stuff. Oh, yeah. I see it getting as ridiculous as the Fast and Furious series. Yes. Like more and more ridiculous every single one. And now what, they're on their 10th or 11th one for Fast and Furious now. Yes. I feel like by the time John Wick makes it to the 10th one, he's just going to have like laser beams in his eyes and turn his head and just clear out the whole room. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get... Insane. So, I'm going to get my hands on the gun for the first time this weekend because I am heading to the NRA annual meetings in Indianapolis. Yes. I will be there on Friday with Robert. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, unfortunately, can't make it. I cannot. So, we are going to be getting some coverage from that. If there's anything you would like to see, again, reach out to us, and I'll do my best to accommodate going to check it out. But that MC-14 is on the list. Uh, if I get the chance, I'll probably walk by Kimber and flip him off. Uh, <laughs> or say bye to him. I'll give my last little uh, farewell to final the goodbyes to the Evos. Evo. <laughs> Goodbye. Farewell. I never knew you, but farewell. <laughs> yeah. I heard you were nice. Not really. It's like the going away party for the guy at work. You're like, he works here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, how long have you been here? <laughs> so we're going to check those out. Going to be hitting up a couple of booths. Going to stop by our buddies at Stealth Arms. Yay. Yay. So, yeah, should be fun. Yeah. I think you'll have a great time. Uh, there's lots to be seen. The show runs three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yep. Right? So you're, you're just going to be there on Friday. Sunday, we definitely won't be in that state on Sunday. We're going to be shooting Michigan. Yep. Which is very exciting. Which. Yes, you're right. On to shooting sports. 
Well, my shooting sports was a little different than yours this weekend. Uh, I was training up until this point. We had a bunch of new people that were going to train or train shoot with us on Sunday. So I decided to grab a few of those guys and train them up during the week. And uh, I ended up injuring myself. Hurt my knee and my hip a little bit. Yes, too much go-go, not enough stop-stop. Yeah, I just, I was teaching them how to retreat, and then I were on gravel, planted my foot, my foot stayed, my knee went elsewhere. So, I've been taking it easy. Uh, Prior to this, I was doing more training, I did more dry fire, but you shot this weekend. I did, and no dry fire. (laughs) I've been, I messed with my, uh, well, the copy of my gun, because I can't take my gun out at work, so I was messing around with the AXG Pro in the case several times this week. Um, not always entirely work-related. Some of it just for pleasure. <laughs> um, shot Oak Park Sportsman's Club this weekend in Plainfield. I... Going in, I was very excited because it's the first match outdoors where I wasn't freezing. <laughs> in it's fact, beautiful. I was slightly chilly in the morning, so I did wear jeans, and by the second stage, I had huge regrets. I'm like, oh my god, it is so hot. Why didn't I wear my shooting capris? Or shorts, even. It was that nice out. Um, got my go-go about me a little bit too late in the game. Um... Shot with friends, so it was nice to have that competitive camaraderie amongst us. Lots of shit talking. So, so much shit talking. Yes. Um, well, I didn't shoot with you. I was with you guys all day. Yeah. I ROed. And talked shit yourself. And talked shit myself. Yes. yes. It was um, a very fun squad. It was, it was nice, though, because I had, you know, I didn't feel that I was pulling you away from your game. And you had, you know, why are, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? Hey, you should be doing this. Hey, yeah, you move it. You, you should be going from here to there, like, like so fast. Um, like, it was the second to last stage where we go from the barrel to the left with those two mm-hmm. targets and then book it over to the right. And I did. I mean, I was, that was my first stage. My second to last stage was the first stage where I really had, like, gas in the tank like i the turbo was ignited it was go time uh it was so much go time i uh i overstepped out of bounds almost falling over caught myself with i was leaning to the right caught myself with my left leg crossed over and then came back into bounds to shoot then so i was like well i got here really fast but uh i lost time regaining my balance um, and then the very last stage was my best, my absolute best stage. I was really proud of that. I had like a lot of, a lot of pep and step. My shooting was fast. It wasn't just my movement that was fast. It was like, that was a perfect blend of everything that I had like faster shooting, but slow movements on some, you know, faster movement, but slow shooting on some. This, that last one was like my perfect combination. So I'm really hoping to take that stage and the confidence that I had into this weekend at Michigan. 
I'm hoping to shoot with you this weekend. <laughs> so, unfortunately, if the leg doesn't get better, the hip and the knee, it's pretty much going to be doctor's orders that I don't shoot. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you're seeing him a couple more times this week, so we'll see how that looks Thursday. Yeah. Going to give him my all. It's weird right now. Like, the walking doesn't hurt so much. The walking's cool. Which is good, because you're going to be doing a lot of walking Friday at NRAM after well, you do that, a lot of reason, sitting in the car. That's the only reason I'm going now, is, like, the walking part doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. It's the quickly changing directions and the explosiveness or the deacceleration. Mm-hmm. The deacceleration is what hurts the most. Yeah, the fast-twitching muscles are probably causing quite a bit of pain. So... We're working on that currently. Mm-hmm. But, shooting or no shooting, we're going to Michigan. That's true. Michigan or broke? Don't say broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say broke. It's the same. Like, break a leg. Right. Also, probably not the best thing right now. Cannot say. Please no. <laughs> I think that wraps up shooting sports for the week. Yep. Just a few questions. No CCCs. Uh, question number one, how is the platypus holding up? Well, it is over two, over 2,000 rounds now. Mm-hmm. With uh, literally at least 30% of the people that we know have shot it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's been making the rounds people are digging it they're shooting it yeah uh have not had a single hiccup yet uh well the two <laughs> ones that i had at uh infinity due to uh ammo right. just high primers and i've on the same ammo in my sig i've had three yeah uh three in, out of that last batch just wouldn't go off so I do have a new guide rod in. It's an EGW tungsten two-piece. And I took it from their 13-pound factory uh, recoil spring weight down to a 10 right now. But I am going to try an 8 and a 9. And I would like to buy a regular just one piece, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also lost a detent spring on it already. Yeah, when you said hiccup, oh. I thought for sure that's what you were going to talk about. No. <laughs> Well, I was taking it apart because everyone wanted to see it on the range, and I was like, oh, I got this, and it's been a while since I've taken a 9th and 11 down, and when I pulled the grip safety, or the thumb safety out, I completely forgot about the spring and the detent. Pew! Somewhere in the ionosphere, it's there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in Plainfield. But luckily, we have friends that have 1911s, and guess what? It's a standard 1911 part. Works just fine. Nice. Thank you, Uncle Joe. Yes. Uh, we did get another question. Uh, this one is geared towards you, I imagine. Uh, have you forgotten about the Shadow 2? Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's geared towards me. The Shadow 2 was your gun before me. Uh, this is the gun that you've been talking about shooting all year. Production Nationals. Production, production, production. That's true. And uh, then in comes the Platypus and have... Tony's forgotten all about the other girl. I have not, because that's actually the gun I've dry fired the most. <laughs> so. Oh, that's very good to hear. I do. I just. I know we talked about it a few weeks back. I 
cannot get over those bricks. Yeah. I love them so much. Now, that if the platypus had grips like those, I probably wouldn't be shooting the shadow at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's like your your biggest, I don't say biggest, but you know it's like the only hang-up that you got with... Yeah, I mean, and for a carry gun, it's good. Mm-hmm. But, no, I have not forgotten about the Shadow 2. I'm still dry-firing it, still shooting it. If you shoot Michigan on Sunday... I'll be shooting the Shadow 2. Okay, that was... Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, another question we had, what does your training look like as of late... Well, the last time I did live fire training, and this has kind of been a, a new thing that I've been trying, and a couple of my friends are kind of trying the same thing. We're shooting more stages, so when I've went up and practiced, it is shoot a stage cold. One way, only one way, and then when you're done... Make notes of what you did wrong. Was my accuracy wrong? Was my entry on this wrong? Was the exit bad? What was the downfall part? Take a note. You're going to need those notes because that's what your dry fire is going to focus on following this practice. And then you get a culmination of, so you ran the stage this way, change up the starting position, move a couple targets, run it cold this way. So it's just like another stage. Mm -hmm. Notes. Was my exit messed up? And then you'll start to see a pattern like, hey, after three or four of these little change-up stages, and I've run them once, because now we're talking about real-world results, Mm -hmm. just like you would at your match, what did I fuck up? And you'll start to see like, oh man, I really had a bad time, and I'm talking to go into the biggest detail you can, like, when I went into position one, which was a entry on the left side, and then... Stage four, when I went into position four and it was an entry on the left side, clearly you need to work on your left side entries. Yeah. Right? Or your right side, whatever whatever the case may be. You know, maybe you find yourself pulling off every time you exit a fast or an easy exit. Mm-hmm. Right? Follow the patterns and then you can start to see, like, to me this has been making my dry fire actually mean something. Aside from knocking down part-times and just working on... Like, skill sets, reloads, draws, transitions. It's given... That you know is going to make a difference the next time you're out. Yeah, to me it helps that. tailor your dry fire more to your specific needs in a match setting. Which is hard to replicate, but this has been doing a damn good job. I feel like that's similar to what we had originally set up for me when I would get home from a match, whether you shot it with me or not, and let you review my match footage. And have you kind of assess, you know, things I don't always see. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, that reload was crazy sick. And while I'm sitting there drooling over my reload and inflating my ego, I didn't get the best grip afterwards and got Charlie Delta on the next target, which is something that was pointed out to me by you. Like you didn't reacquire your grip properly. Yeah, you nailed the reload, but what comes with the reload is reacquiring your grip. So it was nice to have a second set of eyes to help me to assess myself and then take those things and put it into my weekly dry fire. So it's essentially that, right? That's why that's why I always tell people it's good to record it. Mm-hmm. But this takes the same, like you said, the same principles as that, but allows you to apply it to, 
maybe you don't record your practices, but that's why bring a notebook or bring your phone. I still mm-hmm. recommend recording practices, but right. taking the notes to me has really helped identify visually seeing patterns without without having to watch video after video after video constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I know for me, working on uh, exits is a weak point for me right now. I don't have a problem shooting into a position. Shooting out, I seem a little bit more hesitant and I'm not as comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. So my dry fire then is, hey, set up this wall, have these array of targets, you know, have a popper, and then two open targets, something I would take shooting on the way out. And then that's my dry fire, shoot on the way out. Mm-hmm. Popper, start leaning out, move backwards, and then run. Mm-hmm. That's like for, That's an example for me. That's one of my areas to work on. And another one for me is getting low, which probably is... Why you hurt yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been working on it, but maybe just a little too far. Yeah. That was my, my last two, uh, my last two, uh, stages on Sunday. I was really thinking about, cause we were just talking about that last week about, you know, really getting low and creating that powerhouse of a structure for yourself. Yeah, it's being aggressive. Um, and my last two stages, that's what I was going through my head at the make ready was stay low, stay low. And you can really see it. If you go back and look, at my other stages, I'm more erect, and you know, <laughs> it's funny. The, uh, That's what you did, yes. <laughs> the can you the can you count stage yes. says must stand erect in box, yes. <laughs> and everyone in the stage giggles. <laughs> um, but no, I well, it was. It didn't help that you're like blah 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 and turn around erect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I caused the that's what she said jokes. Yeah. I started did. that train. I did. I'm the captain of this train. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can tell looking at, you Look know, at me. That is what she said. My, you know, stage five, six, one, and two were far less aggressive, um, which is why I was more at a slow trot um, rather than a full-on sprint. Um, like stages four and five where we finished because I was lower. And I mean, I took off from that from that second position all the way to the downrange position I took off because I had in my head already low like low low like trying to keep that in my head I feel like I need to have like a checklist on my wrist that I look at before (laughs) I shoot and be like are you low yes are you going to grip your gun yes are you going to stay target focused yes okay now I'm ready Try it, see if it works. It'd be interesting to see if it works. Yeah, just like like, a little mantra. Yeah, like in my head, low target focus, grip. Try it. It might work. Get working on that. I'll do. I'll do it during my dry fire, so that when I shoot it on Sunday, it'll hopefully become part of my loaded make ready process. I like that. Yeah, definitely try it and see. Just take a note and see if it works. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you you do all those three things when you're doing when you're making ready. Not the make not the low part, but it's something that I could get, you know, make myself get into that stance at the make ready at the draw, grip the gun, and at the make ready when I load, grip it just like I should when I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do that I do that part already. I don't say anything in my head. There's no mantra that goes with it, but I always make a point of 
when I draw my gun out as a make ready, I'm gripping it exactly as I would be shooting it, like just as tight, just as strong on the wrist. Um, but then, you know, when I do my sight picture, I'm looking at the dot because I want to see, ooh, do I have to adjust it up, adjust it down, and blah, 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 and I'm not going and doing that, like, target focus, boom, to dot to the paper. I'm, I'm bringing the dot up to look at the dot. What if I told you you would know if it wasn't the right brightness setting, even if you were target focused? That's what I'm saying. I need to, I need to make that part of my make ready, right? So. Yeah. Once I get, you know, get my body low, get the grip right, draw the gun out, press it forward, locking eyes on the target. Once I'm on, then say, do I need to adjust my dot? But I've already done that target acquisition to present the gun up. So I think those three things would really help me a lot. So that's what I'm going to be working on this week and through the match on Sunday. Good. I think that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, as always, you can reach us at pewtimepodcast at gmail.com or at laughandload on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Rangewear, hats, shirts, stuff like that. Laughandload.com. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. We've been uh, doing a video a week at least. Lots of good stuff coming out on there. I'm very excited for two weeks from now. I think is the one that's going to go out on. Keep your eyes open. Subscribe so you get the notification. Right. Because it's going to be a good one. Yep. And uh, thanks for following along, guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Yeah.